Welcome to Pastor's Class, a Bible study program brought to you by Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church. We pray this podcast will help enrich and strengthen your walk with Jesus Christ, and that it will lead you to read and study the scriptures more often. For more information about Tim Say Ministries and Crossover Church, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. Amen, amen, amen. We serve an awesome guy. We are going to be starting a new series um, today, this week, and it's called For Everything a Season. And it's a journey through the five prophetic seasons of the, the life of David. Now, before we begin and even delve into the life of David, we're going to take a look of just laying a foundation on the whole understanding of seasons. And so we're going to turn and begin with a very familiar passage of scripture in Ecclesiastes. So if you would turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I guarantee you, if you don't already know, when you get there, you're going to recognize it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning at the very beginning at verse 1. It says, there is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up is lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. As believers, it's essential for us to understand the divine intentionality behind the seasons of our life. That in every season of our life, that God has divine intentions for us. Now, the last Bible study series I did, which was a while back, I did a series that some of you may have been here for on contentment. And one of the things that I said when I ended that series, it was actually a quote from a Sunday morning uh, service um, from, um, from Pastor Say. And I really want to take a few minutes just to, to, to read that again. And the reason is, is because when I think about the different challenges and things that come up in our daily life or the seasons that we go through in life, I think it has been very instrumental and helping us to see God in our seasons. And it came from, and it says this, and it says this is the struggle of the believer. It says we can't equate the kingdom of God and the power of the kingdom and the purpose of the kingdom with anything else other than blessings. That that's our struggle. That when we think about how good God is and how big God is and how great God is and how powerful God is and how he can do everything and allows everything, it's hard for us to understand and equate anything other than blessings with God. 
And so when we look at it that way, we would, in our minds sometimes, we would read Ecclesiastes 3 a little bit different. We would. It would read like this. A time for good things. There is an appointed time for all good things. And there is a time for each blessing under heaven. It's a time to give birth, a time to plant, a time to heal, a time to build up, a time to laugh, a time to dance, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to search, a time to keep, a time to sew together, a time to speak, a time to love, and a time for peace. It's all good. But how many of us know we don't have permission to rewrite the word of God? We, we really don't. Even though it's like, man, peace and love and joy. But that's, that's not the seasons that we experience. That in every life, there are seasons in our life. And if, if we don't get anything else out of what I say tonight, it's to understand that there are seasons in this life that we go through. I don't care if you're saved, if you're not saved, if you're a new Christian, you're a seasoned Christian. We all go through and experience seasons in our life. Now, when we talk about that struggle for us, it's hard for us to equate anything other than blessings with God. Here's the truth that we have to hold on to. Also coming from that same sermon from Pastor. It says, Jesus reveals that the kingdom of God will take you places that although laced with divine purpose, you will not be able to, in the moment, be completely relaxed in. Because it's going to be a challenge to you. A challenge to your mind, a challenge to your body, a challenge to your spirit, a challenge to your souls. In, the, in those moments, you have to look through the present day experience and have a revelation about the fact that God knows what he's doing. That's good word. That's just, that's just good word. That in that, you have to look through all that we're going through and see God knows exactly what he's doing. That no matter what season we're in, no matter what is happening or not happening in our lives, at not one point did God say, oh my goodness, I didn't expect this. Oh my goodness, where am I going to take her now? How am I going to get him out of this? How am I going to show my power? He's not going through changes trying to figure out what's next for us. He has ordained these things to get us to a particular place in him. And until we really understand seasons, we will find ourselves in anxiety and stress mode when God is calling us to rest. Because I don't care what day it is, where you are, you're always in some season. People always say, I'm waiting for my season to come. No, you're waiting for your season of prosperity to come or your season of good stuff to come, or your season of answered prayer to come, but you're always in a season. We're in a season right now. It's summer. And tomorrow is summer, and it'll keep being summer, and then before we know it, it'll be fall. You're always in a season. It's just that sometimes we don't like our season. And that's when we're trying to hurry up and get up out of it. Nobody's in a season of prosperity. Say, I can't wait till this season is over. But you know what? Those seasons in too. And so we're going to set some foundations about the truth about seasons tonight. And here's the most basic one. There will always be seasons. There will always be seasons. Turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 8. There will always be seasons. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I don't know if I said the verse. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. It says, while the earth remains... 
seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now, it does not say that the earth will always remain. Because we always, we know that there will come a time when the earth will pass away. But as long as it's here, there are going to be seasons. That no matter who comes into power, somebody will come into power, somebody will be kicked out of power. Somebody, some new trend will come up that everybody thinks is the, the answer to the world's problems, and the next day it'll fade away. Things will come, ideas will come, people will come and go, changes will come and go. The reality is no matter how much things change in and about our world, there are always going to be seasons. Seed time and harvest, cold and winter, spring, summer, fall, good, bad. It's a cycle that God continues, not only in the natural, but also in the spirit of our world. And so when we realize that, then we need to appreciate what he wants to get out of these seasons. And so if we know that there's always going to be a season, then we need to look at what Genesis 8:22 is teaching us. Again, let's look at it again. It says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. Let's stop there for a second. If you know that there's going to be an ongoing cycle of seed time and harvest, the first thing we need to do in understanding seasons, we need to be mindful of the seeds that we sow. You need to be mindful of the seeds that you sow. Now, because when you sow seeds of strife and discontent and frustration and hatred and evil, you will reap such seeds. It says seed time and harvest. You can't plant dishonesty and reap abundance and blessing. You can't sow hatred and then reap commitment and love. You can't sow lying and stealing and cheating to get to your next place and then reap advancement in God. You may advance, but it won't be in God. You, you see, you got to be careful what you sow, especially in trying seasons. Because a lot of times when we are in places of frustration, we begin to sow seeds of frustration. And even though it seems countercultural and counterproductive, you can't sow seeds of frustration and then expect to reap peace. You're mad at your boss, so you get mad at your, your coworkers. You get mad at your coworkers, so now you're mad at your husband. So it's just sowing seeds, 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 and then we're praying for God to bless and increase and to change and develop, and yet we're the ones who are sowing the seeds of discourse. We just got to be careful what we sow. How do we sow? In the words we speak, our actions, the things that we put our hands and mind to. But the reverse is also true. When you sow love, you're going to reap love. When you sow peace, even when it's hard, you're going to reap peace. Now, here's the thing I know what y'all are thinking. I know it. I know it. Because we're all brothers and sisters. But you know, everybody in here knows somebody who's been evil, it seemed like, for a very long time. I mean, just, just in seasons of evil. And they, you know that one person who always seems to do the wrong thing? And they always, in your mind, in your... They, always seem to get away with it. They, they, they cheat at work. Nobody seems to know. 
You even try to slip a note so somebody will know. Nobody seem never get in trouble. They, they're the ones who, who will, will cheat on their taxes and never get caught, and you get audited. Those people. I mean, they do. They exist. And there is this thing that we, we think that, that, that they, they are getting away with something. But here's the thing I want us to be cautious of, because we do. We come across people like this, like, how, when are they ever going to, as my mom would say, get their comeuppance? When, when are they ever going to get their comeuppance? Whenever, when, that's not your responsibility. Vengeance is too big for you. That's why God said vengeance is mine. You, you can't handle vengeance. It does something to you. Don't worry about those issues, those people. God will be the one who says that there is seed time and there is harvest. So either we're going to, and I say this all the time, either we're going to believe the word of God or we're not going to believe the word of God. So if God said that there's seed time and harvest, that there's day and night, that in the end you will reap what you sow, are we going to let God take care of it, or are we going to let it consume our hearts and minds? They will get it. And even as we look at some of the current events in our news, sometimes 50, 60 years have passed, and people have been doing things and, and involved in things that are wrong, and even in this season when they should be in a season of rest, now they're getting their comeuppance because you reap what you sow. And so even though you may be in a season right now that is painful, still so joy. Did you know you can still be peaceful even when you're hurting? That you can still have joy when you have unanswered prayer? Because your joy doesn't come from answered prayer. Your joy comes from the relationship with the one who answers the prayer. And that's the thing we've got to be careful that in this season we're sowing the, the right things. So one, first thing, be mindful of the seeds that you sow. Number two. When it comes to this, go back to our scripture, day and night, seed time and harvest. Here's the thing. We know that seasons change. Inevitably. Just like they do in the natural, so do they in the spirit. Since you know that seasons change, live in expectation and preparation for the season that lies ahead. If you are in a season now that is a season of lack, you're in a season of lack. Then you need to prepare yourself of how you're going to manage when you're no longer in a season of lack and you're in a season of abundance. Nobody said amen. amen. You're like, I've been waiting for that season for abundance for so long. But the reality is, if we don't prepare ourselves, things will come to us and abundance will be in front of us and we won't even see it and we'll let it slip through our fingers. Because here's the thing I've learned about our God. He never really comes the way we're expecting him to come. We're always looking for a check in the mail and a raise on our job. And God said, I got something bigger and better that will blow your mind if you'll trust me. And abundance is not always in a monetary increase. And if we have our eyes focused on one thing, God said, I'm trying to bless you and blow your mind. And you're so focused on the one thing that you think I can do, you're missing what I'm preparing you for. If you realize that that season is not going to last forever, be prepared for the next season. Right now, people are getting prepared for school because summer is soon to be over. You, you can't prepare for school the day before school starts, even though there are people that do that. You know, that's why the Target, they don't have no uniform shorts, the shirts are gone, the pencils are gone, because everybody wasted the last minute. 
But the thing is, if we're going to be smart believers, if we're going to believe that God says it's a cycle, saints, he said, it's, it's always moving. He said, I'm not going to leave you in this place forever. And I think that's where we sometimes walk in discouragement. We think that our season is our destiny. Your season is not the end of your story. It's just that. It's a season. It will pass. Even if it's a good season, it's going to pass. And you're going to have a season that may try you, but then another good season is going to come. And then you'll have seasons that are sometimes good and, and trying at the same time, and you don't know how to be. Why? Because it's always changing. So don't get stuck anywhere. Say, God, prepare my heart. God, prepare my mind for what you're taking me to. Then we have to always be in a state of preparation. Now, the next thing. So we realize that there are seasons. Look at somebody and say, there are always going to be seasons. Now, here's something that I, I, I've learned is that, and this is number two, you can bear fruit in every season. You can bear fruit in every season. Now, let's look at a very familiar passage of scripture, Psalm 1. Everyone turn to Psalm 1 for me. You can bear fruit in every season. Psalm 1, it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. Now, the thing that's interesting, when we look at that verse 3, the way that it reads in the New Living Translation, it says, bearing fruit each season. In the Message Bible, it says, bearing fresh fruit every month. So that means, as believers, but understand what, the, what we're talking about as believers, and, and this is a phrase that we've used before, that we have to be believing believers that we're really walking in the conviction that we say that we hold to in Christ. So that if we are not standing in the path of sinners, if we are not sitting in the seat of scoffers, if we are delighting in the law of the Lord, if we're meditating on it day and night, the word of God tells us that we will yield fruit in every season. Now, the thing to remember, your fruit is never for your benefit. An apple tree does not eat its own apples. The fruit that you bear is always for the benefit of somebody else. So you're saying, wait a minute, I'm in, 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 in a rough season. How in the world can I bear fruit when this is a challenging season for me? Let me share something that happened to, to us. You can, most of you witnessed it last week. I was, I was scheduled to, to, I was going to lead prayer. Um, Pastor Babs had been having some health challenges, which he shared as he led prayer last week. Now, none of us were expecting him to be here last Wednesday because, you know, he's contending with health challenges. And he walks through the door, and I said, are you okay? He said, yeah, I'm going to lead prayer. In that season, his fruit blessed me. Because I'm thinking, you know how we sneeze, and we're like, oh, I can't make it tonight. No, no, we've been at work all day, and we're going to go to work tomorrow. But no, I can't make it for the hour and a half. That, that'll just take me out. 
And here's this man, and he's sharing the pain. Share, and he's standing up here, and I'm thinking, my God, really? It made, it made me look at myself. So even in his season of struggle, his season of pain, his season of discomfort, he's bearing fruit that's blessing my life. You get what I'm saying? That even when you're going through, if you live according to this, you can bless somebody while you're hurting. You don't have to wait for all your prayers to be answered and your bank account to be full to let your fruit fall off and bless somebody. So stop waiting. I'm going to be a blessing when. I'm going to be a blessing when. No, be a blessing now. Wherever you are, and sometimes even in your tears and your press and your praise, you're blessing somebody who you may not even know is watching you. I remember telling a, a dear sister on the praise team, one time she just got caught up in the spirit. I saw her and I got caught up in the spirit because her fruit blessed me. You can bear fruit in every season. In every season, God says that you, can, you have something in you that somebody can be blessed with. Even when you're in, in hurting seasons, and especially when you're in abundance, always realize that I have something to give in every season of my life. The next one, number three, seasons are essential to your spiritual and personal growth. Mm -hmm. They are, they're essential. They're essential to our, our, our growth. Now, here's the thing that we know about that. We know that's true. Y'all knew that was true before I said that. But this still doesn't make us like seasons. <laughs> I mean, there's the thing. When I think about some of the things and seasons that I've been through in my life, I realize that I would not be the woman of God that I am today had it not been for those seasons. I realize that I would not have the conviction and, and, and the relationship that I have with our living Savior had it not been for those seasons. But if you ask me, would you like to, to, to go through those again or, or would you like, and even though I know all the fruit that came and what it did and wanted to take, my answer would still be no, thank you. Mm -mm, I'm good. So that is why God doesn't ask our permission if this is a convenient time for you to go through a change in life. Because our answer would always be, well, check with me next month. Check with me next year. Check with me once the kids are out of the house. Check with me once I've retired. Check with me once the bills are paid off. He said, no, I'm going to show you some things and reveal some things to you that you would never understand if you just stayed in the same season. That when we understand that seasons are for our own personal growth, I mean, even in science, in nature, the reason, look at what happens to our trees. They're, they're full of blossoms and leaves and all of that. They have to die in order to live again next spring. They have to go through the cycle. Every, the, the leaves fall off. The, in a few months, you'll see nothing but branches. And then everything looks like it's so dead. And even though it looks there, God said, it's in that winter season that I'm doing stuff underground. If you're in a winter season, God said, I'm just doing some stuff underground. He said, I'm doing something with the seeds that you've sown that nobody else can see. It looks dead to you. It looks dead to everybody else. But your springtime is coming. It has to. Why? Because seed time and harvest. 
said it's going to be a cycle no matter what. So even when you feel dead and it looks dead, God said, if you keep planted by the rivers of water, he said, I'm doing something even in what appears to be your dead season. Like, it's amazing to me that all the insects die during the winter. There's no bees, there's no flies. But in their death, they lay eggs and come spring, here they come again. Like nothing ever happened. Fresh and new and bzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzzz
And he said, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to pray for it. It's okay. Seed time and harvest. It's going to happen. He said, because I know what I want to pull out of you. And so Naomi has this fresh revelation of who he said, oh, my gosh, he didn't walk out on us. He had a plan. He had a plan, a good plan, an awesome plan. God, look at what you've done. And he kind of sits back like, yeah, I know. I always have a plan. But it's in those seasons that he reveals himself. So not only does God reveal himself in a new way, I believe that we see God in a new light. We see God in new light when we go through seasons. One of my favorite passages of scripture is in Job chapter 42. A lot of times when we, when we minister from Job and we talk about Job, we talk about how God did indeed give Job double for his trouble. You know, and, and that's a blessing that he did. He restored to Job, to Job hundredfold all the things that he had lost. But really the power in that story to me is, the, is what happened to Job when he realized who God was in the midst of everything that he went through, when he had gone through everything and lost everything, it's in this chapter, he, he gets a revelation. He sees God like he's never seen him before. Job chapter 42, beginning at verse one, it says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, he's talking about himself. I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now and I will speak. I will ask you and you instruct me. And this is what he says. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, because of everything that I've been through, because of everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard, everything that I've lost. But now, I, I'd heard about you. I'd heard the elders talk about you. My, my parents talk about you and, and talk about you in the, in the tabernacle. I'd heard about you. I had even sung some songs to you and I had, had read some things about you. But now I see you. God said, some of you have yet to really See me. You know I exist. You believe I exist. You, he said, but everything that I, he said, I want you to see me, not as this other old power up there, so, but I want you to see me and feel that I'm, you can hold me and touch me and know just how real I am. Job said, now I see you. Now I got you. Now I know you. Now I love you. And here's the thing. Job hadn't had anything restored at that time. He was still sick. He was still childless. He was still homeless. He said, but I see God like I've never seen him before. And God said, and now I restore to you <laughs> all that was taken and lost. God wants us to see him. And I'm not saying that we can't see him in good times, because we can. But we can also sometimes lose sight of him in good times. But God says it's, it's something about when we are in seasons of trial that unfortunately, that's what brings us to our knees. But this is the thing when we're preparing for season, and this is something I had to learn. When you're not in a trial, stay on your knees. Just stay on, just stay on your knees. 
Just say, God, I'm seeking you. I thank you for this season of peace. God, I thank you for this season of prosperity. I thank you for helping my body and helping my family and all that you're doing and all that you're allowing me to see and do and be. And so even when that time is not there, you've sown seeds of faith. Remember, seed time and harvest. And here's the thing, that why seasons are hard for us, because they never, we never know how long they're going to last. See, in nature, we know June, July, August, count soon as mid-September. We know the leaves are going to start falling. It's going to start cooling off. Fall is coming. We got it down. Winter, December, it's going to get cold, snow. We, we got those. But God said, my seasons in your life don't work that way. He said, so you've got to be on your knees and your, your ear has to be pressed toward heaven to see and get revelation about what I'm doing in your life. But it's not going to last because seed time and harvest, it's always moving. Last part, second part, third part, I'm not sure. All right, fourth part, sorry. There is good to be discovered in difficult seasons. There is good to be discovered in difficult seasons. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. And this is also going to come from the Message Bible. And this is, this is um, Paul. And one of the things when I say that there is good to be discovered in difficult season, in your pain, there's purpose for your destiny. In your pain, there's purpose for your destiny. Now, Paul is, in this whole chapter, he's going through just some of the things that, that he's gone through. And he's talking about how him being imprisoned has actually been a blessing to the, to the growth and the expansion of the church. And he goes on, and he's just talking, 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 verses 1 through 17 of all that has happened. And he's talking about how some people or some other Christians are happy that he's in prison because now they get the, the platform that he had, and they're preaching for wrong reasons. I don't care why they're preaching. As long as they're preaching and the gospel is being spread, I, I could care less. But this is the, the thing that he says that's so powerful. Starting at verse 18, again, if you're reading from uh, the New America, it's going to read a little bit different. So he says, how am I to respond? In other words, to all the people who are talking about him and glad that he's in prison and, and, and taking the opportunity to take his, his preaching circuit, for lack of a better term. He says, I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad, or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, crisis proclaims, so I cheer them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, everything he wants to do in and through me will be done. I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make Christ more accurately known regardless of whether I live or die. This is the part I love. They didn't shut me up. They gave me a pulpit. He said, when they put me in prison, he said, this is, this is an open access pulpit. I can preach whatever I want. They didn't shut me up. They didn't come find me. They just gave me free access to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to people that are hurting. 
And so in a situation where if you look at it as I'm trying to live for God and now I am, I'm locked up, I'm in prison. If you look at it that way, you miss the blessing and what God can do in hard seasons. Yes, you are the only, the only believer on your job. Yes, you get tired of hearing people fuss and cuss all day long. But now when you realize it, you got a perfect avenue and a venue to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. But all they're going to do is make fun of me, but they're going to make fun of you when you don't curse. They're going to make fun of you when you don't fit in and you don't go with them and you don't hate. So the thing is, God said, don't see it as punishment. See it as an opportunity. That those things that we think sometimes are going to undo is God said, I'm using it to pattern it, to order your steps, to get you right to the place where I need you to be. He said, everything that God does, that's the thing. Yes, we go through things. God never wastes your pain. He's not, a, he's not just saying, oh, I want them to hang. No, he said, I'm trying to get you somewhere. He said, I want you to see something. I'm trying to get you to realize who you are. There are so many of us in the body of Christ that we can come to church Sunday after Sunday, year after year, and we never experience the fullness of who God is and what he wants to reveal in our lives. And God said, I just want you to see me. I want you to know me. He said, I'm never out to undo you, only to get you to a place of destiny. The next thing, in that same thing, not only is the pain the purpose for your destiny, it's also for the destiny of others. And I have to keep reminding myself of this in every different season I go through. It's never been about me. Even when I think it's about me, it's still not about me. God, it's never about you. You're just not that big. God said, everything that I do, even in and through you, it's always about my kingdom. It's always about other people. It's always about how I want the kingdom to grow, the kingdom to expand, my word to be spread. It's not just you and yours and me and mine. And so the perfect example of that is a story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 50. We know the story. His brothers were jealous of him. They threw him in a well. He got sold into slavery. Then he went through, oh my goodness, that poor man, we would say. He, first he, he would seem to, to take a step up, and then he would take two steps back. He would be in prison. He would be in the palace. He would, all these different things. These people who said they would remember him forgot him. Okay? People who said they would be there forgot him. But then his season came. His season came, a season of blessing and a season of prosperity, not just for him, but for an entire nation. He was fine, but had it not been for what he went through, an entire nation could have been lost. And so when his father dies, his brother's like, oh man, he gonna get us good. Because he's the only reason he hadn't killed us is because daddy was still alive. Uh-oh, daddy gone. And so they literally, they come and they got, they, they come, they fall on their face. We're sorry, we'll be your servants. We don't want nothing. We'll do whatever you tell us to do. He said, uh-uh. He said, you misunderstand. He said, no, 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 no. Let me explain something to you. Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. Don't be afraid. Do I act for God? Remember, I told you vengeance is too big for you. Don't you see you planned evil against me? But God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. 
Had it not been what you did and what God, he said, these people would be dead. And so would you. He said, so even though you deserve it, that's my little, he didn't say that. You do. And y'all were dead wrong for throwing me in that well. It's all good. Because God did something great in what you tried to kill me with. If God allows it, it's going to bring about something good. I didn't say it feels good. I didn't say it is good. I said, but if God allows it, I promise you, it will bring about something good. That's just how he is, seed time and harvest. You keep sowing your faith. You keep sowing your prayers. You keep sowing your love. You keep sowing your commitment. God said, you sow those things, and in due season, you shall reap. So either you believe his word, or you don't. Or you don't. So I said all that to say. Next week, we're going to look at season one of, of David's life. Now, here's the thing I want to explain. That this David is probably one of the best known characters in the old. I mean, you could, you could, David is a big character. Some characters, we only have a couple chapters. We have books on David. So just to clarify, this month in this series, we're only going to be doing season one. We're not going to be doing all five seasons. We're just doing season one. Okay, and then the next time I'm up, whenever that is, we're going to do season two. So we're going to be dealing with David for quite some time. But I will say this. The first season is Bethlehem, faithfulness and small things. And that's what we're going to pick up next week. That each of these seasons in David's life are tied to a particular city and a particular thing that God wants to accomplish. And next week, we're going to talk about why it's, it's termed the prophetic seasons of David's life. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to Pastor's Class. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more messages and Bible study teachings, please visit www.crossoverchurch.tv or give us a call at 301-927-5620. If you live in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, come visit us at our home location. 5340 Baltimore Avenue, Hyattsville, Maryland, 20781. Pastors Class is a weekly Bible study that occurs Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at our home location. We would love for you to join us. May God bless you and guide you as you continue to study to show thyself approved in the grace of Christ Jesus.